Last time on Distinguished Adventurers, there's no better place to purchase high-quality ceramics for a Spelljammer navigation orb than the city of Yongjing. But as our four acquaintances chat with the local food vendors for information, they discover that things might be more complicated than a simple purchase. The person Thaviapin was sent to talk to by one of the Dawn Incarnates turns out to be the daughter of one of the most well-respected artisans in the city who died in a mysterious explosion only a few months ago. Now the group must decide how they want to proceed, how much they want to get involved, and where they're going to stay for the night. And with that, we return to our adventure already in progress. You step away from this vendor and kind of back out into the main street where you can chat a little bit in relative privacy? As we're, we're walking, El Torito is going to look up at Una in between, like, just absolutely, like, you know, downing uh, chicken satays. El Torito is going to look up at Una and say, so it sounds like if we're going to be negotiating, we'll have a, a tougher time with one of the big houses because they already have their business and they are a lot more, uh, less per or a lot less personable. So I doubt, doubt we'd be able to negotiate our way through getting some. So sounds like we might have to aim a little lower as far as house size. Yeah, I kind of think we're heading towards... I don't need know that we need to sort of blow the budget on personalized item. But yeah, I think if we're going to get this from anybody, we could probably go someone... Hmm, 10 people, 15 people in a pottery house might sound good. Uh, and as we're walking, I will slice one of the pretzels in half and present it to El Torito. Pretzel bun? He takes it and he, ra- and he like sticks it around a chicken on a stick. And at this point, he's just a food monster. Yeah, as he's housing that. So the explosion that the chicken vendor was talking about, Taitong Z died in that. Hmm. hmm. That's that. Um. That's the parent of that woman you're supposed to find. She looks at Thaviapin. That Thaviapin was told about by the Don Incarnate, so there may be more to this ceramic business than we bargained for. Just once, I'd like there to be less than meets the eye. Sometimes things transform that way, Thaviapin. Yeah, but then life would be incredibly boring. You know, I am interested to know who else was killed and what actually did happen to cause this explosion. It doesn't seem like, if you think about it, I mean, a kiln is just there to get very, very hot. You're firing ceramics. Now, in theory, if you don't make a ceramic correctly, it will explode. But that doesn't cause the kiln to explode. Yeah, it usually stays contained in the kiln. It's just lots of pieces. It also seems a little strange that uh, someone that uh, Davi Eppin was supposed to find had someone associated with the explosion. It, uh, it's a bit of a coincidence. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe that's why Davi Eppin's supposed to find her. Yeah. Okay, what would it take to make a kiln? There was an explosion. Now, nobody necessarily said that it was the kiln itself that exploded. Just an explosion in the kiln district. It's an explosion in the kiln district. I'm just trying to think, you know, what is there that could be ruled an accident that is that highly flammable? And it's not just being flammable, you know. It's, it has to be flammable and it has to be something that explodes. What the hell happened? We should go. She said a public record. I think we should go see what it says in public record and maybe find somebody who's a little too interested in gossiping who can fill us in on all the rest. Well, fascinating. I'd hope this would be outside of the my problem field, but apparently it's firmly inside. I mean, if you know, if you can go 
pull up the public records if that's something that you've got in your purview. Well, that would be a really good idea. I don't want to walk over to this woman. Her father died a month ago, and we're over here telling her to plant her garden. She might hit you in the face. Well, it's the hour is late, so I doubt the public records offices will be open, but if we maybe find a inn and tavern to spend the night in the kiln district, we might overhear or have people talk when the ale starts flowing. Yeah, we can get someone drunk, let them get real mouthy. Let me give you um, a little bit of knowledge that y'all would know and ask real quick. Are any of you actually proficient in potter's tools or in in anything like that? Because uh, some some characters are. Some characters have a proficiency in uh, like no, that's not navigator tools. I can navigate. Julia Rogers <laughs> has taken like two pottery classes. That yeah you, yeah that's that is what I'm 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 sitting here thinking about like what you act the glaze is that's the only thing that I personally can come up with that would be stored in large drums and could depending on what the chemicals that make up the glazes to make the colors are made of. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also discounting the fact that this is a magical world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's that's why I figured I'd ask if anyone had like a a proficiency in Potter's stuff. Well, I don't. Okay, so it sounds like nobody does. That's fine because of specifically Zephalen and Una's contacts here. You would both know that yes, the the Hall of Divine Wisdom, the Hall of Records, the Hall of Merit, those places that you could go to in an official capacity, they be closed by now. But you should be able to access them in the morning. And that the Kiln District, some of the places there would still be open late into the evening past sundown because it's hot work. And sometimes doing stuff after the sun has gone down is is the more comfortable way of doing things. But you also are right that you could go to the Hall of Records and at least get the public information about what happened. Oh, that is probably a good place to start. And then uh, and then w- once we have what is what is on the official record, we could start uh Someone said uh, gre- greasing some tongues. Is that the phrase? I'm not sure. Common is not my first language. Yeah, it's greasing tongues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to be like... Ah, I, I, will, I will use that phrase mm-hmm. more often in my vernacular. Please, please do. Please do. All the time. All the time. Just as long as you don't unnecessarily spend your money, you can say what... Nope. No, actually, no. I'm going to walk that back a little bit. Don't unnecessarily spend your money and check if you're being rude before you talk. Gotcha. I was about to say, you could say whatever you want. And then I thought, mm, no. <laughs> what would you like to do? I've heard finding uh, an inn to stay for the night. I've heard going to the kiln district. I've heard other things. What would y'all like to do? Shall we split the party? <laughs> Absolutely. Always. Yes. Let somebody. Well, is there not a-, a tavern in the kiln district? Well, I'm just uh, the, the reason why El Torito suggested that is because like the official record is going to have the driest account of what's gone on, like the the absolute baseline. And then we can sort of the, it gives us the, the coloring book, if you will. And then we can go and make fun little colors with our with both people's stories and our own deductions that and kind of fill things out that that was el torito's thinking his this is his one moment of brilliance this episode i also like the idea of knowing who is lying to me solid all right right. uh so like hour of the day like i know you said there's stuff still open in the kiln district Mm -hmm. so maybe hit that first and then you know find a place to bed up for the night and then in the morning hit the records that sounds good 
Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about, like, do we have enough information to identify the daughter properly yet? No, Not we yet. don't want to. Well, I'm gonna say we should talk to her. Now. I just want to know whether I can find her. Like, if I were to pick her, pick it up the pace tomorrow. I'm prob pretty sure we could find her by delicately asking around. As we, I imagine Lauren has set this up where a lot of the more individuals are probably placed in a specific section of the kiln district. I will explain that in out of game ways by saying. You all are pretty sure from the information that you've gathered that at least talking to people who work in the who work in the profession that Tai Tanji was in would probably get you more information because those people would know her the best. And one more thing, Thought the other wants to think back to his encounter with the Dawn incarnate to figure out whether delaying on his task is going to cause him any kind of distress or like nightmares. <laughs> Roll me an insight check, and I'll give you advantage for reasons. Oh, cool. That's a pretty good roll. I don't know if I'm going to beat that or not. High roll is 24. Awesome. Two things come to mind as you mull over the information the Dawn Incarnate told you. One, you've never heard of a Dawn Incarnate being mean, nasty, backlash, any of that. They've been standoffish. They've been maybe a little uncooperative because you know people who will go to talk to them and they just won't talk back. But there's never been like a lashing out consequences, any of that. With this task that you've been given, you don't think you're ever going to be like rebuked because of however you do it. The other thing that comes to mind is you were not given a time frame and you think if there this was time sensitive, that the Dawn Incarnate would have actually given you a, you know, go tell them to plant in their garden next week, something like that. You're, you're pretty sure you would have gotten enough information to not accidentally get in trouble. With that, Thaviapin is going to turn in whatever direction he thinks uh, the Radiant Citadel's in. He's going to raise what's left of his pretzel and say, cheers to not being micromanaged. <laughs> you smell cinnamon on the air and you don't know why. <laughs> All right, so we're finding an inn and tavern for the evening, or I think so, yeah. you are going. Okay, wait, I hold on. We are. Somebody said we're going to the thing. I'm so confused. Going to a, the inn and the tavern for the evening. We're going to turn in and then pick it up tomorrow. That's my understanding, at least. Well, I thought we were trying to find an inn and tavern the closest to the kiln district to get those people that would work in the kiln district getting their nightcaps, a happy hour. Because we can't go to the Hall of Records now, right? No, right. correct. Okay. All so, records yeah. is closed. So I would say... Find a tavern in the Kiln District or adjacent to the Kiln District. Yeah, stay okay. local. Okay. That, excellent. Yeah, for, for that reason that we can, like, you know... Uh, we can grease some tongues, as uh, I, I have recently added to my vernacular. Uh, and as we're walking and finding there, uh, Una, mm. it seems you ha have a silver tongue. I am not a very well-spoken. I am better at making other people speak. Do you think it's better to... Make your silver tongue gold, or to make it so El Torito doesn't grease his own tongue and say something stupid. This is my new least favorite saying. That, that is, that, there was a lot in that sentence to unpack. <laughs> Basically, I'm saying, should I? Do you think it's better to give you advantage on charisma checks or the barbarian advantage on charisma checks? Oh, I'm sorry, I lost the plot of that metaphor. <laughs> I was um, just doing it in character, and <laughs> no, no, Una's gonna say, Una's gonna say, oh, my apologies, um, <laughs> Aylin, I lost the plot of that metaphor about five seconds in. My my 
general strategy and she's gonna look over at el torito as he like i assume is shoving like four pretzels at a time oh yeah and she's gonna go no darling that is going to dry your throat out and then i know i don't know the heimlich and she's gonna open up the jar of peanut sauce and she's gonna say dip them in here first no crumbs please very meticulously dipping (laughs) my general strategy is going to be to keep him from emptying his wallet at the earliest opportunity okay here is my thought don't pay up front for something that you don't know the quality so uh when we then i will take that as making sure uh, el torito doesn't buy crappy food and once we get to said tavern i will enhance uh, el torito the eagle's splendor which mm. will give him advantage on charisma checks i feel like he needs advantage on like wisdom or <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean at another day definitely on another day. but she's she's gonna look at aelin she can say and she goes hmm maybe my metaphor is if you don't know the information is good you shouldn't pay up front for it hmm. so yeah uh that's the plan that's probably good that you did charisma because i mean it, even with advantage his anything wisdom based is just gonna suck for uh for el torito anyway wisdom or charisma I, I am a big I know, and I'm oh, a big yeah. believer of uh, leaning into what you're good at. And yeah. between wisdom and charisma, it's charisma for El Torito. So you're gonna be a charming idiot, a very charming idiot, an extra charming. He's idiot. He's got a plus one charisma. He's always a charming idiot. Yeah. If Futurama is to be believed, the old timey word for that is glute. I will have to look that up. Okay. As this spell casting is taking place, and you're all talking, I need one person. To give me a investigation check. Do I have good investigation? I got plus I four, but I don't know if... Who's got advantage? I do. Then that's who should yeah, do it. That's the I have an advantage with a plus four. Yeah, that's who should do it. Give me, give me that investigation check. Don't uh, suck. Looks like a 19. Awesome. It does not take long for you to find out about the selection of places that you can go to spend the night. Once again, this city is kind of used to this main drag being the place where a lot of the tourists are coming in. So uh, that question and the looking around doesn't take very long. There's three or four different inns and taverns that you can go to, but the only one that's close to the Kiln District is actually technically in the Merchant District, so kind of off to the west. There's nothing directly in the Kiln District, but that one in the Merchant District you find out is called uh, the Bouncy Dog Bar and Inn, and you get directions there. Bouncy Dog Bar and Inn? That's correct. Art imitates life. And you head, I'm I'm assuming you're going to head there. So I'm just going to continue to describe things. So yeah, (laughs) you make your way down the the main drag. It takes a little while to get there. This is a huge city. And especially this main highway that you're going down. Like I said, there's buildings literally in the middle of it. So it's wide enough that it could actually even take you a while to walk from one side of the street to the other. But eventually you enter one of the doorways leading into what you've been told is the Merchant District, which is a lot of the regular places to purchase all sorts of goods. And you do find the tavern door. You walk on in. It's it's a fairly small establishment, but as you walk on in, it's clean but stuffy. 
it's a little plain. Like the door has no markings on it. The only reason that you know what it is is they do have a sign under one of the windows that has no logo. It's got no frills. It literally just says the bouncy dog bar and in. As you come inside, you do see that there's a couple of patrons sitting at tables a scattering of wooden high-top tables and a couple of shorter ones near a hearth that for the moment, there's no fire in it because it's it's warm here. You're kind of in spring-ish. Um, and there is a, the bar to the right and the stone staircase leading up. The patrons here are almost all humans and dwarves. And looking over them, you you can't quite tell for sure, but it looks like most of these people, with the exception of like one or two, are locals eating food and and just kind of enjoying each other's company. And that's really it. Like there's no other decorations per se. There's very little personality in this place. Behind the bar, there's a couple of people who are working some of the staff and there is a half-elf, a woman there in kind of rugged, very well-worn, uh, what would be considered kind of a house dress and apron. She's got very straight, cropped, blonde hair and brown eyes and looks a little out of place here because the vast majority of the locals that you've seen are humans and dwarves with darker skin and dark hair. So kind of her blonde hair and everything and the fact that she's a half-elf sticks out a little bit more. She gives you all a, a little bit of a nod as you come on in, but doesn't interact with you in any other way. And if you come up to the bar, she says, ah, what you be looking for? I think just uh, a round of drinks and maybe some food, please. Ah, excellent. For, for all four of you? Uh, yes, please. Okay. It's a little bit late in the evening. Are you looking for uh, the soup? Are you looking for the, the wings? Are you looking for the porridge? Got a little bit of the grilled oysters left, but not much. How, how old was this barkeep again? It's hard to tell with half-elves. She is... Yeah, it's hard to tell with half-elves. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace my late aughts, uh, early 2010s humor, and uh, El Torito is going to jump up on onto the uh, one of the bar stools and say, "Oh, I've been looking for you." And eyebrow raise. <laughs> she startles a little bit as you jump on top of the of of the chair and says, "Do I know you, honey?" I turn to Thaviapin and I'm like. Remind me never to boost this charisma again. <laughs> it's like El Torito like sits his face in his hands and he says, "Oh, not yet, but I would love to to get to know you over uh, over some uh, some beverages that I will pay for, I guess. Uh, I don't I don't actually know how this works, but uh, hi." <laughs> she cocks her head a little bit. Awkward, so awkward. <laughs> but but in an endearing type of way, she cocks her head at you and actually like cracks a little bit of a smile she'd been kind of dour faced this whole time and says ah listen honey don't take this personally not really my type but you're cute and yes you should pay for the drinks are you looking for something uh harder than a water or are you just looking for a little bit of something to go with your stew well i was thinking the wings because you did say wings right yep 
Okay, yeah. The uh, I assume uh, we're gonna have it's a, it's a bar. We're having wings. Wings. Uh, uh, yeah, something to compliment it. Do you just have standard house sales, or do you have specialty drinks? Uh, nothing special. Everything we've got is kind of local, though. I've got a couple ales, a couple ciders, a few wines. Uh, I've even got some pretty good bourbon and gin if you're looking for something, like I said, a little harder. But I'll take yeah. a, a local cider, please. And she'll yeah. look at the rest of you to get everybody's order. Bourbon, neat, and the oysters, please. Are we? In, is, is this place near an ocean? Oh, that's a real good question. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Give me a second, give me a second. <gasps> An ocean? No. Okay, good. I'm, that's, you know, this is out of character, so we're just going to let that decision stand. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you make the decision that leads to the most adventure at the end. Exactly. Right, like with an opal. Oh, God, I just yeah. feel like this is, the, this is the other, this episode can be called The Other Porcelain. Or when oh, yeah. Tapiak and, and El Dorito end up on the toilet. I mean, you could also go panoply of sauces and have it have multiple meanings. <laughs> Listen, El Torito is on a journey to see God, and how that happens, you know, <laughs> we'll, yeah. That is not, yeah, we'll put Shad himself to death on your tombstone, and, but, you know. I mean, this isn't a Taco Bell, come on. He died how he lived. <laughs> Shitty. <laughs> This guy has a fiery poops already and... uh. Fire snakes! (laughs) Listen, this isn't that type of game. Quality entertainment, everybody. What is it? You can put bourbon on oysters. Actually, hold on. As long as the oysters haven't gone bad, you can, like, actually put, like, bourbon on an oyster. It's really good. So if you just do shots like that, I'm sure it'll kill most anything that could really cause the poops. Well... So we've got the oysters, a bourbon, an ale, and some wings. Anything else? And uh, you can take the the forest the forest seater over there. Ale and wings sounds real good, actually. Okay. And how about you, sweetheart? Now that I've broken your heart, what would you like? Oh, I am I'm absolutely uh my soul is cleaved in twain. Ugh. Uh wings and the bourbon, please. All right, good. Three ales, three wings, a bourbon, and an oyster. Coming right up. Go ahead and have a seat. Enjoy yourself. And she gives the that order to someone else who goes running back into the kitchen. Jules, just to recap for a second, have you ever seen a uh, minute bowl or maybe uh, a little more local to you, uh, Serge Ibaka block a shot brutally? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just happened to El Torito. Oh, oh <laughs> did you fall in love real quick and then uh, get denied? He, he, so he figured with his uh, extra charisma, he might try to turn up the charm. Didn't work. Didn't work. He turned didn't it up work. too didn't much. Work. <laughs> you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. El Torito, as you walk away, go ahead and give me an insight check. Oh, he's awesome at these. I know. You're, you're amazing at this. 18 after he rolled at 19. Oh, the negative one is beautiful. <laughs> but, but yeah, with an 18, it takes a second. As you are like, oh, I've been, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you realize when she said, you're not my type, her eyes looked over at one of the other female presenting people in the room. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what he took from it. That's why he was a little more. All right. He he was, that's why he was like, oh, cleaved in twain. Yeah. So if that helps your heart a little bit, it was nothing personal. (laughs) It it, it helps the ego a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you sit down. And, you know, without going into too much minutiae, the wings are woodpecker wings in a rich onion-based sauce. Wow. They're tiny, Ooh. tiny, but they're really cool. how big are woodpeckers? Like, tiny, what, tiny. like that big? Tiny, like, tiny. 
grapefruit size? Think regular buffalo wings, but half the size. Well, I was just trying to think of the bird. Like... Oh, what they're called is woodpecker wings. Okay. You think they're probably, that's probably like a colloquial name. Yeah. Like they might not actually be made out of woodpeckers. Like buffalo wings, sure. Right. Or they might. I mean, woodpeckers are, are actually, they're, they're rather large birds. <laughs> because I'm old, all I can imagine now is all the villains from the Woody Woodpecker cartoon gathered around a table eating woodpecker wings. Like Miss Meanie, oh, the oh, Buzzard, the Dude. Dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's took a, that's took super a turn, dark. right? Yeah, that's going to be tomorrow night's. If you stay for another night, that'll be what's happening tomorrow in this inn. So yes, you got three orders of the wings. The ale is a, it's a brown plum ale, oh, which is very good. dark, but very rich. Um, the oysters are grilled oysters served with steamed radishes. And, and yeah, nothing is outstanding, but it's all solid. I was about to say, I missed the golden griddle and I was like, wrong character. <laughs> yeah, it's all solid stuff. Even the, the, the oysters, even though you're a little worried about like, we're not anywhere near an ocean. It seems like either these were transported well or grilled really well. and uh, Or Rocky Mountain, maybe? Or maybe Rocky Mountain. You know. That would look very different. Yeah. <laughs> Yongjing near the Rocky Mountains would be very interesting. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on September 24th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. B-O-G-S-B-E-N-T L-O-O-P. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Is there anything you would like to do this evening, or is the, the goal just have a nice meal, have a rest, start again in the morning? I think uh, we want to try and, as people come in, Chat him up to for any stray information yeah, about what happened. Okay. Like get like vibe check and investigation. Just so I can narrow things down. Are you looking for a local? Are you looking for someone who uh, is chatty? Are you looking for someone who's already here? Like, kind of, what's your target? I I think we should each take a target. Like uh, El Torito will go for. Let's see, low hanging. Fruit. I'm gonna go for the El Torito's gonna go for the chatty one. Okay. Does El Torito uh, explain the interest of the uh, bartender to the female presenting? Oh yeah, yeah. He it's just oh he it, she's just not into me, and, and I believe she's into uh, uh, into femmes, female presenting. Well, I don't feel comfortable chatting her, but I don't think my partner would like it very much. So I will keep an eye out for some locals and maybe keep an ear for Tai Chi Zhang. I'm not currently attached, and I don't really have any moral qualms about flirting for information. I'll go get a refill on my ale. And she downs the, um... (laughs) (laughs) And then she looks at Torito and she burps, and she goes over to the bar. He returns. He's like, brap. 
<laughs> and Thuvy Uppin? That leaves me with uh, the sort of task of, of the locals. So I think what Thuvy Uppin is going to do is he's going to, I forget what the name of the spell is. I remember the one where he's conjuring up a little person, like to talk next to him, like while he's so he can talk. It doesn't look like he's talking to himself. Yeah, I think we went with like minor illusion or something like that. Yeah, yeah minor illusion. So he's going to cast minor illusion in the middle of the spell, and he's going to have a dwarf doing the cha cha slide. And he's going to use that as a conversation piece to start start talking to people. The idea that like this is like your street magician thing, where you know they're like throwing their voice for their little like wooden, but for you it's minor illusion. Yeah, it's really just sort of like. Dancing. I want to make sure, like, Thubby Up and looks at a lot of dancers and stuff because he's a he's a busker. He sees people dancing in the streets. He sees heels performance. He thinks I'm sorry, it's artistic. So he's put a lot of effort into this dwarf cha cha slide. I feel like. So he's hoping it takes off. I'm imagining the the classic video of the dancing baby, except a dwarf doing the cha cha slide. It's very specifically the cha cha slide. Slide to the left. All right. This is the most two thousands thing in the world. One half. That's so much. What is so much? Here's does what I need from everyone. Does it have like all of its little axes on its belt that kind of go clink every time it hops? <laughs> well, <laughs> clink. You know clink. what? You can hear something moving, and it could be gold. It could be like ore in the pockets and stuff like that. Little axes. I mean, carefully on. So there. you're doing your own foley for this minor illusion since it's silent, yeah, right? You can throw his voice. Yeah, yeah. Like here and there, just like making little little sound effects. I'm doing the whole police academy thing, and then as it starts up a conversation, like I'm hoping that like people start clapping and dancing, and he'll. You know, do the thing where it's like, you know, people people come up to talk, talk to him. They use that as his in to sort of talk to, to the locals and see how it works. Okay. So here's what I need from everybody. For Thaviapin, give me a performance check. For Zephalin, give me... Remind me again. What were you doing? Who were you going I'm after? I'm trying to, like, okay. keep an ear out first to find my target and, like, kind of listen in and kind of eavesdrop on conversations Hearing about either somebody talking about the explosion or Tai Tong Ji uh, to kind of excellent pinpoint myself into that. Give me a perception check. El Torito, you were looking for a local, right? Looking for someone chatty. Chatty. Uh, you also give me a perception check. And Una, you were going to go talk to the, you were going to get a second drink and talk to the barkeep. Uh-huh. Uh, go ahead and She's give me. She's not really going to try to flirt. I'm just going to ask questions. Go ahead and give me a persuasion check. And I also need to know... Actually, I'll ask that in a second. So, Thuffy Uppin, what'd you get? 18. Awesome. Nice. Zephalin, what'd you get? 21 perception. Nice. Uh, El Torito? 11. Okay. And Una? Got a 22. Awesome. Una, we'll start with you. You head on over to the bar and start to talk to the, uh, the proprietor there. We'll do a little bit of the role play in a second, but I'll give you at least some of the basic information that you get without any problems. The innkeeper, her name is Ophelia Kamisk, and you find out pretty quickly that she's, once again, half-elf, hard to tell how old she is. You get the sense she's not young, that she's she's got a, a worldliness to her of like, I've been running this bar for a while. I've seen the tourists come in. And she's got kind of a very sardonic sense of humor about the whole thing. She She's the kind of person who some people would have gone bitter and she's gone, this is just funny. So you strike up a, a good conversation with her. Thavi Appen, your performance captures a lot of people's attention in the room. 
no one is like clapping along and there's no boisterousness, but you can tell people are like, oh, this is this is new. This is interesting. And no one seems annoyed by it. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. So there are quite a few people in the room um, that are watching your dwarf do the cha-cha slide. El Torito, you're watching those people watching this dwarf do the cha-cha slide. And you see in the far table that there's two dwarves that are chatting away that were starting to get loud. Stop for a moment to look at this illusory dwarf do the cha-cha slide. Give it a like a, a cocked head like, huh, that's different. And then they're really the only other patrons that kind of go back to their conversation. Zephalin. You see this short man who has been watching the cha-cha slide happen, and they get up from their chair and move through the all of the tables that are around, go past kind of the three of you where you are at your table, and start to head towards the door, uh, looking a little bit, not like super tipsy, but like they're comfortable they may be comfortably numb from a, a beer or two. And so you don't know whether it was specifically an act or not, because uh, you did very clearly see them pickpocket Daviapin. Oh, no. Daviapin, where is your gold usually kept? So typically, I think the way I explained this before is like, I think like you told us we could have like, like, uh, sort of like, pockets of holding i think my way i imagine it is like sort of a pocket dimension on my left side that sort of like you put stuff into like it gives them maximum amount of storage space okay go ahead and roll a go ahead and roll a d10 for me yeah three great excellent zephalin you don't know what he took but very clearly as he walked by it was very smooth just kind of reached into one of favi Uppen's pockets and pulled something out and walked away and he's heading towards the door and while you process that, before Zephalin does anything, Una, was there anything in specific you wanted to ask the innkeep? I mean, she was going to very roundabout ask her about the explosion. Well, what I can say is I can at least give you some of the, the information that you do get because you do get a chance to talk to her before things go down. She gives you... After a little bit of conversation that, yeah, about two and a half months ago, there was this explosion that it was loud enough that even though it happened against the wall of the city, they felt it in the inn. Uh, she remembers rushing out and rushing up to the top of the inn to go through one of the guest rooms to a balcony to look and seeing the thick smoke rising. And it was a giant column that she thinks might have been put out very quickly or burned very fast. She doesn't know. She does know the names of the three people who perished in the the explosion. One of them is Taitanji. There's two other names, which I will put into the chat for you. There's a Song Jian and a Wu Haiyan. And how and, and she talks about it like you would about the local news. Like it's sad, it sucked that it happened here, but she doesn't know anyone personally. So she wants to know, I guess what she would get at is she would ask, like, she would basically say, like, I've been told that the like artisans are like the people who individually do this are usually the best of the best. 
I don't think it's a lie, but just like a guess that she's like, it's going to say it sounds like one explosion took out the city's best potters. Uh, she confirms for you that the three people who were killed were three of these. They were three studio potters. They were three people who were their own artisans. They weren't the only ones, but it, that's kind of the extra bit of the sadness is that three of these studio potters were killed in this explosion and that she thinks, yeah, I'll say she gives you that the gossip is that, yeah, this was an accident, but how suspicious it was that this happened against the far wall where a lot of the studio potters have their offices. The one thing she wants to know, she said, she's basically saying, now, I don't know a lot about, I don't know about much about the process, but I never got the sense that the kiln itself was liable to explode. I've never heard of anything that, like that myself the whole time that I've been here, and I've been here a while. Never anything like this happened. This may be intrusive, and you can stop me if it is, but how is it an accident if there's nothing in a studio that could easily accidentally make an explosion the size of Halifax? Uh, she leans in a little bit and says, I can't tell you any of the details, but if you want my opinion, they call it an accident because they don't know what else to call it. Oh, well, that must be frustrating for the folks investigating. But I assume it is still the police that investigate this kind of thing, right? Or your local law enforcement or some kind of detective. As far as I know, there were people investigating. They were there for a, quite a while looking through everything. But yeah, I think they just, they found nothing and so they called it an accident because that's all they can think of to do. There are a lot of rivalry between Potters? Oh, absolutely, but nothing that would ever involve something as far as that kind of explosion, as far as I know. It's, it's usually a lot of, they come in here and they snipe at each other. and. El Torito and Thaviapin, I'll say in this moment, you are actually looking over in that direction as you are scanning the crowd and you see Una talking to the shopkeep. And so Una, you and Thaviapin and El Torito all see her basically almost motion to the table in the back corner that the two dwarves were at. And Una, she finishes up by saying, yeah, they, they argue with each other. They snipe at each other. Sometimes they even, you know, threaten to punch each other. But in the end, it's, it's all bluster. It all comes down to who actually makes the best stuff. And that's just a quantifiable thing. And Zephalen, this is the moment that you realize that Thaviapin has been pickpocketed. Damn, I wanted one more question. I just, say not, I just wanted to know, is there anybody who in the wake of these three very good potters, is suddenly getting more of their business. Uh, that mm. she does not know, because that's not... She does not know that, but she does... Basically, that's a question that she's like, I have no idea, but that's a good question. And, and she's going to say, I'm not trying to instigate anything. Far be it from me. I don't live here, and you have to deal with these people on a day-to-day basis. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Oh, Absolutely. Because they might not like each other, but money's a whole different thing. No, it's, listen, you're she thinking. She 100% trying to instigate some shit, hoping that the next time we come <laughs> back to this bar, she, the bartender will have been like, actually. Yeah. And so, yeah, 
that's she indicates that those are thoughts that are that you are not the first person to think that. And yeah, that's an interesting train of thought. And Zephalen, what would you like to do in this moment? One, I'm going to beeline towards the bar and make my way past up. I'm like, Thavi, up and you've been pickpocketed. Grab El Torito. El Torito, come. And then go to the barkeep right next to Una. I'll be like, ma'am, you shouldn't. Sorry, is it the ma'am? I don't want to assume. Oh, yes. Ma'am, that dwarf over there, you might want to blacklist him. He just robbed my friend. Uh, it was a human. Human, sorry. That's okay. You say that, you say that, that human over there, and point. At this point, the human is at the door. He throws open the door and starts to run. <laughs> And as you all watch, Thaviyap is just gonna chase him. As you watch this guy bolt out of the door, Thaviyap, and you take that moment, and yeah, three gold are missing. And when sh- the barkeep starts to laugh and says, "Oh, well, that's gonna happen anywhere you go." Welcome to Yongjing. That's where we'll pause. The next time we get together, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna chase this this person, but it sounds like that's at least what Zephalen wants like, to do. We're I'm getting just... a chase scene. This is yeah. good. But I'm also gonna narc on them, <laughs> blacklist them from their favorite bar, or at least attempt to. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Jesse Florence, Forrest, a.k.a. StabbyQuest, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.